This is County Fire Insight for Friday, March 27, 2020. Good afternoon, County Fire. Thank you for allowing us to uh, have this moment to talk to you guys. We're going to be asking for questions, so if you have any questions, please do send them in to us so we can address all your needs. I think communication is more important now than it ever has been. As you know, things are very day-to-day in County Fire as we're watching this COVID-19 unfold. I'm very grateful for Kat and her team for getting out there and getting County Fire well positioned, uh, as well positioned as we are right now. And it truly is due to her leadership and to the team. Um, Kat's been fully assigned to that IMT at the same time she's doing a lot of her duties as an ops chief and it's it's taken up every hour of her day and I don't think you've had a day off in a few weeks. So thank you, Kat. Thanks. On the other side, Grant and I are here at administration. Uh, we're, we're supporting the team. We're handling all the COVID phone calls and coordination with the other departments. You can imagine that our days are filled up with COVID conversations, not only with the other agencies, but with the county government, with public health, with ISIMA, and all the other parties. In addition, we have Katrina work, Katrina and Latina and Charlie working really hard on our budgets with your analysts, uh, facing a somewhat shaky budget year. So as I mentioned in the last call, we're really not sure what this upcoming year looks like. There's a good chance that we're entering a recession. I think if you're watching the news and read the newspaper, there's a lot of calls for that. The quicker that we get out of this COVID crisis, the better off our economy will be. But right now we're planning on a very flat budget year. We're not anticipating any increases. And we're making sure though that that we're covering our MOU costs and keeping all our fire stations and our staffing as it is. We were successful in getting several new positions on the books but having a position on the books and actually having it filled are two different things. It, it is a win to get it on the book because that means those are recognized positions and as money becomes available, we'll be able to fill those positions. So the positions that are on the book include those positions in the North Desert, in San Bernardino, and in uh, the South Desert out at 18. But again, right now, it doesn't look like we're gonna have the revenue to fill those positions. We're not gonna have a revenue to do a lot of the nice things that we've done in the past. We're gonna be very careful on our CIP expenditures on any special projects we do. We're just really gonna focus on making sure that our firefighters, our, our ambulance operators, our EMTs, paramedics, have the tools that they need to do the 90% of the job that they are. So it's just a quick update of where we're at and kind of a little bit what Grant and I have been doing. I'm going to turn this over to Kat so she can talk a lot about the team. And then if you wouldn't mind talking a little about the wins with public health that you were able to get today. Sure. That'd be great. Thank yeah. you. Hi, guys. Gals. Um, okay. So notwithstanding your questions, I'm just going to fill you in. So as you know, the team stood up about three weeks ago um, with the mission of coming up with um, ways to best support our personnel, to push information out to you on PPEs, to set up uh, procedures on how to track PPEs, how to do our medical monitoring, all of that amazing stuff that you guys are doing today um, is as a result of all of those folks on the team putting all that together and pushing that out to you. But the success of our numbers where we're at today with regards to um, certified exposures and or infections is because of you. Is because of your, you guys wearing your PPEs, being diligent with social distancing. I bet you're tired of hearing that term. And um, um, keeping your, your fire stations clean and whatnot. So. I, I cannot thank you enough. Everybody's been amazing with EPCRs, with reporting PPEs. Um, everything that we've asked you to do, has you guys have done very, very well. Did you need me to stop it? Keep 
you. Oh, okay. So um, I want to thank you guys for that. That That's huge. That's all um, integrated into the success of this whole thing. So as we started to push along in our mission with regards to um, BDC, and again, that primary mission was supporting our folks on the floor, uh, disseminating PPE, keeping that accurate count, and of course, setting up those quarantine locations uh, to keep your family safe. So all that remains in place. Um, the team, uh, while um, focused on a, uh, an expanded mission today, still has the BDC mission in the un as an underlying objective that they're working on daily. So none of that, you shouldn't see any of that change. That, that, all, that all should continue as usual. I, um, it was brought to my attention that we're dragging on um, the hand sanitizer and the wipes. So we've added that to the list of um, you're, you're reporting so go ahead and put that in there uh, we expect to get that early next week we got a huge shipment of ppes in today that included gowns so you're going to see those coming out to you guys um, as needed hopefully there's nobody that doesn't have a um ho hopefully there's nobody that has a need that's not been filled so the expanded mission let me tell you about that really quickly essentially the expanded mission was to pull all 18 uh, county fire departments together and really look at um, the possibility of the degradation in staffing due to COVID. So as folks get uh, exposed and or ill, what it looks like to deliver fire service, EMS and rescue uh, services countywide without regard to jurisdiction. So that's kind of the, the, the broad based mission we're working on. We've got a law branch to, to look at the future if um, social, um, um, what is it called? Um, no, it's a word I use every day and I can't think of it. Uh, um, civil unrest, if civil unrest occurs, we've got a plan in place to protect you while you're responding and while you're at your stations. So that's part of the plan. And then the, the um, biggest part of the plan that is still unfolding as we speak is the EMS branch. They're working very, very hard with ISMA and Com Center to develop protocols um, to change our EMS work environment almost entirely. So um, things like looking at the day we, we don't run alpha calls, looking at assess and refer protocol, um, melding together our AVL data so we can see where everybody's at. Bringing these stakeholders on board and together with us has been instrumental in knocking down walls and barriers that we've had in the past. ISM has been fantastic, um, as has Com Center, to support all these things that we want to do. One of the things we've brought um, uh, forward or, or made a lot of strides on um, over the last 24, 48 hours has been our concerns with public health and first responders and getting a, a, a place in the priority list for testing of first responders. We have floated to the top on that list. Um, public health has committed to um, getting our, our, our first responders testing needs taken care of without, um, without exception. So that's really great. Dr. Pennington has been a big support to us, helping us to look at things like um, what's, what's the name? Pulsera, which is a great application to help uh, treat our, our, um, our customers, if you will, um, online so that we can continue to minimize the impact to our folks on the floor. 
The last piece is we're, we are going to work with public health to see if we can't start um, uh, kind of helping to um, look at identifying where, um, wh where the concentration is. Obviously, we can't drill that down because there's, there's issues there with privacy, but getting a broad look at, at the overall uh, concentration so that when you folks respond, you kind of know what you're responding into. So those are kind of some of the things we're unfolding right now. Um, I want to talk to you for just a minute about um, your PPEs and the Tyvek suits. So again, you guys filling out that PPE inventory has been key. You've all been on top of it, and I'm very grateful to you for doing that. The Tyvek suits, originally we were trying to look at the life of those and keep those alive longer, but I know that many of you are wearing some that are too small, so you're pushing through it. Um, we were gonna have to look at decon protocols where, where those were concerned, whether we're using that solution through a Hudson sprayer application uh, to keep, keep kill the germs on those and use them over and over and over again. While we still ask that you conserve on your PPEs and do what you can to reuse it, we did get another shipment in today so um, I think you'll see some of those concerns about not getting those things out to you diminish. My understanding is that our current shortage is with um, the hand sanitizer and the wipes. And again, we're getting that to you guys and it's been added to that list. Um, anything else you want me to share with them, Dan, about the team stuff? Or any questions? I think the big thing was public health and getting our first responders tested. I, I will uh, give, it, give a shout out to Jim Gregoli. He's done a great job negotiating on the behalf of the firefighters. I've sat in several meetings where Jim has talked to human resources um, about how we're, how we're going to pay our firefighters if they go off with COVID-related symptoms all the way up to ensuring that our firefighters got testing. So that was a really good push by 935. And uh, I'll tell you the best phone call I think we got today was public health calling and saying that we've made it a priority to ensure that our firefighters are going to and, and our law enforcement are going to have priority over everybody else through public health. So the difference between getting tested in public health and going through Quest is the length of time it takes. So I know we just sent one test off to Quest and the turnaround time has gone from what we were promised initially three to five hours. It's actually turning into more like five days with public health we're able to get those results back very quickly. I don't, I don't know what that means. I do assume that it's gonna be about 24 hours, but I do know that it's more important to, to get that information back in 24 hours versus five days. So thank you for the team's efforts on all that. It's just been amazing. Every day that you've been here, Kyle Hodaker has been here. He has uh, worked really hard on the planning of this and looking out ahead and, and really keeping the, the team on track. If you've watched in the, inter yeah, the uh, IEPs, the operational briefings in the morning, Kyle's up there every single day and organizing those meetings. He's been very tireless. Adam Hoffman working all night to get the IEPs out to all the agencies. Aaron Opliger creating some really new GIS products for us. I think this is the first time we've really rolled out some of the newer dashboards that provide information back to our responders. That's uh, critical information so we can start looking and tracking at the spread of COVID and uh, being able to provide better information to our stakeholders. Confires uh, stepped up too. Mike Bell has done a great job with the EIDS, which is those questions that they ask the 911 caller to see if they have COVID symptoms. Mike has taken those EIDS questions and he's provided a heat map for us for us to tell where the high risk patients are based on the IDS uh, 
question. So we're really seeing the use of technology and the guys and gals are doing really good and a lot of that's being led by Aaron. Chris Gorman's done a great job as a liaison, getting out, talking to the elected officials. They are extremely happy as I'm over at the Board of Supervisors office, as I'm walking down the hall. Um, they're coming up to me and saying, hey, Chris Gorman's already been here. The communication from the county IMT is strong. Uh, we know what's going on. Hey, by the way, Chief, we understand that you guys need more, more hand sanitizers and more gowns, and uh, he's done a great job getting out there for the team and advertising that. Steve Tracy's done a, a heck of a job as the team PIO. So I wanted to, to reach out to Tracy Martinez. I don't know if Tracy's watching today. She uh, she received some kind of disturbing news last weekend that uh, that her fiance Dan was uh, needed to go to the hospital for emergency surgery. So she had to immediately take him to Arizona to the surgery center and has been by his side. But at the same time, she hasn't skipped a beat was supporting this fire department and supporting the team. So there's a whole lot of great folks over there. Dave Metals has been there as, <laughs> as the IC, um, but it's all underneath Kat's leadership that they're doing it. Kat did mention that the team is working really hard to get you the supplies that you need. Uh, one of the breakdowns that's still occurring is just us knowing what you need. We, we realize that it's really hard right now to get hand sanitizer. We've uh, been speaking to Corbin. Corbin had 32 ounce bottles of it on order. There was a special manufacturer that was making it for County Fire. And when we heard there was a real need in the stations, Corbin immediately called that manufacturer and asked, hey, can we get partial orders of this? Can we start getting it? And was able to change the orders to eight ounce bottles Good. so we can get them even quicker. That's great. So your team wants to work for you. They, they want to support you, but don't assume that we have all the information. Please pass it up through the ranks. Um, please make sure that Kelly, and Kelly Anderson knows who's doing a great job for our logistics so we can supply you what you need. With that said, as you know, there's a nationwide shortage and some things we just can't find, just like you and your families when they go shopping. You're empowered right now, especially right now. If you need something and you see it in the store, use your CalCard. If you see hand sanitizers and you know that there's a shortage in the department, buy all that you can on your CalCard. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sorry, Kat. <laughs> we'll take care of it. Um, if you need bleach, if you need disinfectant, and you can find those things. Well, sure. Absolutely. You know, we really want to empower the warehouse. We really want to do the ordering, but there is a supply chain breakdown. And if you can take care of yourself, your station, your surrounding stations, then you're really helping this fire department out. Um, as far as the team, you know, I, um, you guys are going to be going to a multi-day plan soon. How is that going to work? What is that going to look like? And how is that going to change if at all the support to our personnel it, it will change nothing to the support of the personnel so um obviously we want to look at going to to the multi-day ip because um nothing really changes with regards to the plan until it changes remembering that that base mission is providing fire rescue and ems services countywide without regard to jurisdiction when you we see um the degradation of the workforce across those 18 fire departments so um, until that starts to really ramp up and I and they're estimating those numbers to start um, increasing unfortunately in the next what I think it's seven to ten days um, so that that's the planning uh, portion so it, it, while nothing changes we don't need to continue to brief you on the same information there will be key members still in place information is a key member safety is a key member logistics is a key member um, again we still have that mission of getting that information or that uh, supply out to you guys uh, so those things will continue <coughs> one of the key um, things that's important to us 
is you guys keep pushing those questions up to us that you have and or comments and or suggestions. That is driving a lot of the safety, safety messages that are coming out, a lot of the medical messages that are coming out. So keep that coming. Um, again, if it's your question, it's likely someone else's question. So please continue to push that out to us. Before I finish up, I did want to say that we had a, a press conference today um, where, where we had the board and the CEO's office over there. Um, it, it would be a shame for me not to say that they have been incredibly supportive of us. So um, the, the, the bottom line message is, folks, is we're here to meet your needs, serve your needs um, every day. And we have the support from the top to the bottom to the middle. So if you need it, mention it. I promise you we'll take care of that need. It's, it's, it's very, very important. So that's really what I want to say. That's good stuff. Ben, is there any questions? Yeah, do you have a phone? I do have a phone. Okay. I have one. Do you need one? My phone? I'll just read it to you. It is assumed that if we are wearing proper PPE on a patient with COVID-19, that we are not being exposed. However, in order to be protected, we should have new, fresh PPEs on every patient. I know with the national shortage of PPEs that it is not possible to have that kind of supply. Therefore, how can we be told that we are being properly protected and where does the responsibility truly lie? The responsibility for the proper protection? So again, um, when you go on a patient suspected COVID, we're, we've sent all that out to you to, to assess low, medium, high. We have the nurse hotline in place to assist us in certifying a true exposure. And of course we have things in place to, to, to now get you tested. Um, yes, there is a national PPE shortage, but your PPEs without regard to that shortage have a life longer than one patient. So it's important to take care of them. It's important to don and doff them properly. And the responsibility does lie with us to provide that to you, but we are providing that to you. It is of utmost importance, I'm gonna repeat it. Your PPE has a life longer than one patient. Properly donned and doffed, it, it should work um, for more than one patient and we've put that out to you. Uh, what that the life of that PPE is but listen folks if you believe your PPE is grossly contaminated then toss it and we'll replace it understanding that we've got to have enough for everybody and we want to supply for the whole department now um, supplies are coming in more and more every day things are starting to ease up we're getting a ton of support from ISOM on that front uh, so I do not want you wearing PPE that you feel is not safe or not keeping you safe or is grossly contaminated. So um, follow all the memos, educate yourself on this process and w when your PPE is safe and when it isn't, properly donned and doffed. Um, it should work for more than one patient, but if you're not comfortable with that, we encourage you to um, work with your supervisor, toss it if it needs to be tossed and we'll make sure you have the supply you need. Great answer. Uh, PP is is still our concern and while more and more coming in every day don't assume that it's going to continue uh, we do expect COVID to become a little bit more uh, rampant in the United States as you know we are the number one country as far as the virus infecting individuals are now we're seeing more and more cases every day last I heard we we're up to 55 with three deaths correct yes that number gone 56 up? and I guarantee by the end of the day it's going to go up again um, 
significantly. I'm just trying to distance myself. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get six feet of distance. I don't know that it works. Um, your PPE is important, and, and exactly what Chief Opliger said, it's, it's so important that we provide you that PPE, but again, don't assume we're going to be able to continue to get it at the rate we are, because as new hot spots come up in the country, gear's going to PPE is going to be sent to those areas. So please do try to conserve, but keep you and your crew safe. I want to spend a second and talk about our administrative staff, uh, not only in our divisional headquarters, but here at Fifth Street. It feels very empty. Uh, we miss you if you're watching, and thank you for being able to work at home. We um, we're. We're trying to support you as best as we can with our resources. The Board of Supervisors has made some money available for us to increase our VPNs and buy the laptops that we need. So far, um, we've missed you here physically, but County Fire is still continuing on, and we're seeing everybody do their job and, and maybe even doing a little bit more, and we, we truly appreciate that. Uh, we do have some key staff here in the building. There's always somebody that's answering the phone. We have our MIS staff that's fully engaged. They're there to meet your needs. If you need support, whether you're administrative or you're one of our mechanics or you're one of our firefighter paramedics or an ambulance operator, County Fire is going to be here to support you. Again, there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of change day to day. Don't assume that Chief Opliger and the team or, or myself know what your needs are. Please be very vocal right now. Please be vocal to your supervisors and tell them what you, they, you need. Please get out there and try to support yourself with the Cal Card. If there's something you've got to have, go buy it. Take care of yourself. What was the question? One more question. Is there any plan to upstaff ambulance operator positions? You want me to answer that? It's an operations thing. <laughs> I could. Yeah, I could. I, I, I've not been in touch with that, so, so feel free. So the question was, is there any plan to upstaff ambulance operator positions? So we currently have one extra paramedic in the AO rank, so we have 11 EMT AO vacancies. We need to make sure that every single day our ambulances are on the street. Uh, there may come a time where we run out of ambulances and we're going to try to find everything that can transport a patient and put those on the street. So the team is planning contingency plans to do that. One of the plans that we've discussed would be to go get our tower, uh, the individuals in the tower immediately. They're all EMTs and paramedics and get them into those transporting ambulances if needed. We've talked about modifying schedules if we actually have to. I know that you spoke to, to President Gregoli today about that, mm -hmm. um, even to the point of, of going to two platoons over long duration to meet our staffing needs. So. If it comes to a point, we're anticipating, the team, I saw a plan today where they're anticipating increases of call loads from 30%, 50%, 100%, 150%. And there's a matrix designed to meet those call loads. At, uh, some, some of it may be that we're, we're assessing and referring according to the, the new policy that's gonna be coming out. I think you'll be seeing some information in the form of a video this weekend on that. Using Pulsera, some of that may mean that we're not going to those calls. Often it may mean that we're gonna assess a patient and say, yes, you are sick, you probably have COVID, you need to follow up with your doctor. Um, it may mean that we look at non-traditional delivery methods. In other words, we get the utilities and we put a, a couple of our firefighters, a couple of our AOs and the utilities to start running these calls. But we have significant plans to make sure that all our equipment is covered and we're able to meet the needs of this crisis if it gets significantly worse. I pray every night that this is this is it and it's going to start tapering off and the stay-at-home order is going to do its thing. Um, it keeps me up at night. It, it keeps me up at night how much money we're spending as a department. We're well over a million dollars. 
into expenditures to support COVID. But what lets me sleep at night is the fact that Kat and her team is doing such a great job in getting out ahead of this and planning for the needs and keeping pace with the demand for PPEs. I only can sleep at night knowing that we're doing everything we can to keep you safe and keep you uh, and keep your family safe. And we are truly looking at response models, guys, that conserve our resources. Uh, let's face it, um, the ambulances are going to be at a premium, right? So all of the EMS branch has been tasked with looking at protocols, um, opportunities, whatever it takes, both county fire um, and AMR and of course the other fire department ambulances. We're looking at conserving, conservation is the key, conserving those resources for when they're really needed and that's looking to call types and that kind of change. So um, we're looking at everything and I believe we're well ahead of this. Um, I say that um, with some trepidation, but there's a whole lot of very smart people in that room over there that are thinking about your needs every day. There's, there's uh, two other individuals that I'd like to mention. One's Dr. Pennington. He was here on camera with us uh, the other day. We're going to have him back to ask <coughs> to answer further questions on COVID. But he is tirelessly working for this department to not only acquire the equipment that we need, but working on that Pulsera app and uh, streamlining our initial plan for testing our personnel was to use Quest and uh, Dr. Pennington was able to, to secure some tests specifically for our, for our county fire family to make sure we can test our individuals. We're happy that public health is going to replace that. That'll be quicker, but he's done just an amazing job for us. The second individual and team that I want to mention is our EMS nurses. Mm -hmm. And that nurse hotline, um, I haven't called it personally, obviously wouldn't really have a need to, but those of you that called, I hope that it's beneficial to you. They are taking calls day and night. They're doing a great job logging those calls and then reporting back to all the way up the chain uh, to us on your contacts, what's high risk, medium risk, low risk. Rest assured that we are communicating that out to the board. We want the board to understand clearly and the CEO that you guys work a very dangerous job. And that danger sometimes is going into fires, but it's also going into houses that are high risk and the possibility of being exposed. So we're doing well at, at making sure we're communicating that because you're doing well at communicating that to Lee and her team. If there's any needs that we can do to support you better as a fire department, please do let us know. If, uh, if there's any particular questions that you would like Dr. Pennington to answer, either an email or the next time that he shows up and does a County Fire Insight with us, if there's any other guest speakers that you would like to see to hear from in the organization, we would certainly be happy to, to bring them here to answer your questions. Any further questions? One more. One more. Are we still hiring AOs in July? Are we still hiring AOs in July? Uh, we've, I don't know that answer to that question. I would anticipate that we're hiring AOs in July. I don't think that that's going to be sidetracked. I think, uh, I hope that this is a two-month event, and by the end of May, we're really wrapping down, and we're going to get back on our hiring schedule. I will say this, is that we are going to continue with our schedule to hire our hand crews, our FSAs, so I wouldn't, um, I have no reason to doubt. I'll have to talk to Grant, Chief Hubble, to see if they've delayed that, but I think that hiring AOs and constantly keeping that rank full is going to be very important. Um, not only in the day-to-day -day business of county fire, but especially as we're going to need people to respond to this COVID outbreak. You guys, fire service-wide right now, um, fire service-wide meaning San Bernardino County fire service-wide, we have 13 firefighters in uh, self-care self, self 
quarantining, self-isolating, whatever you want to call it. And um, as of two hours ago, no positive um, COVID tests as yet. But of course, as you know, that may change as we ramp up testing. This, all of this, the success of all of this is because of the work you're doing. Because you're so careful about donning those PPEs and um, using those decon procedures. I can't thank you enough. It, 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 our success is because of you. Truly, thank you. Absolutely, thank you every one of you guys and gals for doing your job. We really appreciate it. Supervisors, captains, uh, battalion chiefs, thank you for what you do, keeping your people safe and making sure that they have the equipment that they need. Um, I heard a Michael Beer the other day went out and found some, some hand sanitizers and some hand wipes for the crew and uh, that's what we wanna see. Notify your supervisors of what you need and this is a time for sharing, it's not a time for hoarding. Uh, please do make available if you have excess and excess may just simply be that we have a full bottle and we have another full bottle right now of hand sanitizer. But uh, battalion chiefs, thank you for what you're doing, supporting your, your, your folks and captains. Thank you so much for supporting your crews. And then please thank every one of your families for allowing you to be here working. We understand that the force hires are up a little bit. We're seeing four or five people force hired per day. We anticipate that those force hires are going to escalate. This is going to be a long fight, but I know that it's something we can get through. You have another one, Ben? One more. Two more. Uh, could we possibly do a staffing pattern modification? Example, have each shift work 14 days straight at the end of the off-going crews being tested to go through a demobilization process, then have 28 days off. This way, people have time to be quarantined if needed, and everyone can be tested at the end of the cycle. Obviously, this would only be possible as tests become available, but this would be a good way to prevent taking the sickness home and giving everyone peace of mind. Okay, so um, the question was essentially about a modified staffing plan. This one I think suggested a 14 on some 20 off or something. 20. Um, the bottom line is um, we recognize the need to look at some sort of platoon staffing. Um, we brought in um, Captain Gregoli to, to sit with us and um, look at what staffing patterns work, understanding the needs of the employee, the employee's families, the district, and so on. Um, one of the biggest things you have to remember is we have to work within that FLSA period, and we have to, the decisions that we make have to protect your, um, your leave accruals, your retirement uh, contributions, and so on. So we, we have come up with a couple of options. As soon as we get done here today, I'm gonna drag the chief over to meet with uh, Captain Gregoli, see if we can't come up with um, an agreement and roll something out perhaps by April 1st. So we are looking at that very, very closely right now. One more. I know if we have a known COVID-19 patient or high suspicion, we are, to, we are to doff those PPEs and properly dispose of them. However, we cannot assume any patient, even low risk, is not infectious. My previous question was more about the responsibility and less about PPEs. Okay, so I, I think I addressed that uh, I, when I said the responsibilities is the responsibility is the districts to provide you with that PP protection. Um, we have done that w with an uninterrupted supply chain thus far. I'm sim I simply wanted to um, add on to that w when I said we have have come up with the um, 
the little form you guys fill out to make sure that we have an uninterrupted flow of PPEs going into you. But I, I again, I ask that you do your part and um, uh, wear it uh, to its to its intended life. But if again you feel it's grossly contaminated, you need to toss it. Um, if you're just looking for whose responsibility it is to protect you, it's ours. And we're doing everything in our power to do that. Um, and we take that very seriously. I take that very seriously. It's, a, it's an international crisis and shortage. And it's not just the county fire department. It's everybody, including the hospitals that are reusing gear right now. We are following CDC guidelines. And uh, we can definitely resend those guidelines out if there's any questions to that. I think that what Chief Opliger is saying is 100% accurate, is that if you feel your gear is contaminated, you need to dispose of it. But um, to be frank, if we do that on every single call, even the low risk calls, then we'll, we'll run out of PPEs here very shortly, and then we won't have PPEs, and we'll have to make a very, very hard decision. Do we respond on calls and uh, become exposed to this, or do we stop meeting the needs of our citizens? That literally is what will happen if we uh, start going through our gear at a rapid rate. So there's no better answer than what Chief Opliger gave you is that the team has provided you CDC guidelines. These are national guidelines. It's not just county fire that's following those, that's the nation, that the team's working extraordinarily hard to get you the, the personal protective equipment that you need. Uh, we wish that we could give you a new set of gear for every single call that you go on. Uh, we just can't right now. But then the, the last part of that answer is that you truly believe that that gear is contaminated, get rid of it we'll figure it out. So thank you, Chief Opliger, for sure. and your team. I, I know that I, I go by every day and I thank them, but um, I want the organization to know that what they're doing, what Chief Opliger is doing, is amazing. On top of what a lot of her other operations job, what the team's doing is just simply nothing short of amazing. We've never faced this kind of crisis here in the county of, of this, this particular type of crisis, at least, let alone as a nation. And we cannot do that without you and your support. Thank you so much for continuing to come to work and um, for putting yourself out there to possibly be exposed to this terrible virus. Thank you very much. This has been County Fire Insight for Friday, March 27, 2020.